episode of the OdaFest podcast. It's so new that you can't get it at the car dealerships because of the chip shortage. <laughs> With me today is Nancy and Jay. A chip shortage. It's me. Me. Hello. I can't believe they've done this. It is you. And it's me. Yeah. You can, if you, have you gone to the stores lately? They don't have any sour cream and onion. Barbecue, they're down to like two bags. And last time I even checked, there's not even Fuego Taki. What? That's illegal. I don't eat regular chips anymore. I eat Korean turtle chips. Oh my gosh. I've been all about, I've, I've actually been all about the Takis for, for quite a while now. About, about oh. like six or seven years ago, uh, my nephew moved back from Texas and brought me a pack of the Fuego Takis and I tasted them. And they were the most flavorful things I'd ever had. And then I saw them come to Canada like two, three years later. And I was like, yes. Yes, I want these. Where does one obtain Takis so that I may have Almost them? everywhere. Everywhere. Them. They're not specialty snacks anymore. And I'm, I, I was being facetious about the chip mm. shortage relating to potato chips or corn chips. We will talk about the chips yes. next episode. Yes. Turtle chips. You guys are missing out. You don't know. I don't know turtle chips. I've never heard of turtle chips before. But before we get too far into things, we are so excited to announce our next guest, Keith Silverstein. Keith Silverstein is a veteran voice actor with a diverse list of credits. He's Zhongli in the worldwide sensation Genshin Impact. He's Tarbjarn, ready to work. In Overwatch, he's Hisoka in Hunter Hunter, Hawk Moth in fan favorite, Miraculous, Tales of Ladybug in Cat Noir, and Speed Wagon in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. For more info on Keith Silverstein, visit his website at www.keithsilverstein.com. And it is my unfortunate duty that we have some sad news. It is with a very heavy heart that we must inform you all that Billy Kmetz and Erica Lindbeck will be unable to attend OdaFest 2022. They are really, really saddened and disappointed by this unavoidable development, as are we. We hope to be able to show them our fine city and its people in 2023. But for some good news, uh, drop by our booth at Calgary Expo this coming weekend. Our staff will be there with happy faces, treats, and merch. And y'all can grab your weekend passes for OdaFest. We're also hosting a History of Anime Fandom in Alberta panel on Friday night. See you there. Erica, Billy, one way or another, we will drag you kicking and screaming to Calgary. And you will have an amazing time. We will wine and dine the heck out of you. Hell yeah. It's true. Three years now in the making, we've been trying to get them here. The universe is against yeah. us, but we're stronger. We'll overcome those odds. Oh, we will. Just you wait, universe. Whoa. In the immortal words of Scorpion, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> it's true. So how many of you are going to be at Calgary Expo? Uh, I am only one person, so one of me will be one there. One of you. There will be none of me there. There will be none, no Angelos. That's sad. There will be an Angelos. There might there. be some Angelos, just not this one. There's 
There's at um, least four other Angelos that I know of in Canada. Really? Uh, one of them even has uh, the last name starting with V. Oh. In high school, that really threw some substitute teachers for, for a Did you at least look very different? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The other Angelo okay. V looked like an absolute metalhead. Uh, Whoa. Actually, now that I think about it. You kind of did too, honestly. <laughs> if you put on like... The Canadian tuxedo and had some patches slapped onto the vest, so, you would so as well. He had just a little bit more of that ter- stereotypical olive skin. So he was just a little bit darker than me. And his hair was black instead of dark brown. So it really was just like, oh, mm. there's the one with the straight hair and the one with the curly hair. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my you should have just worn hats. We're, we weren't allowed to have hats in school. Do you forget this? Yeah. Do you forget this? Yeah, we were always told. I wore hats in school. Uh-uh. We were always told to take our hats off in school. Yeah. Which is why I just never wore any. I was a bad boy. Like, I, I feel bad like boy once Jay. a month, once I was a month, a rebel. On, like the last Friday of each month, we would have a hat day where you would have to oh. pay a, 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 a fee of $1 to have the right to wear any hat you would like. Capitalism. Wow. And I forget what the $1 would go to. Uh, snacks for the class? Like uh, it, it went to either some like pizza parties or some school funding thing. It, it might have been for funding the track team. I don't know. Aww. Pizza parties. I would rather parties. have gone to charity at that point. But uh, that was the thing. Kids are not the group that need to be giving to charity. I mean, no. I don't I don't think so at all. But, like, if you're going to fund something. Don't source your charity bucks. No, if you're going to fund something with my hat money, at least fund something I get something out of. That's pizza party. Was one of the sports. Yeah, pizza party would be one great. One of the sports things. I think it was, like, funding the track team or something. And that's okay. That's fine. Mm. Pizza, pizza party. party. Do you guys remember... Um, those chips. uh those vanilla ice cream cups yeah the ones with the wooden paddle yes Ooh, and it okay. came with a wooden paddle spoon and it basically tasted more like wooden paddle than it did yes ice because cream. all you can taste is the wooden <laughs> paddle and not the ice cream same same with um yes. when they used to bring us in quality um the the no name orange sickles oh god i so love the, those. the orange the orange on the outside was mm. fine but the ice cream on the inside uh, the top bit was good, and then the closer you got to the popsicle stick, the more it, it just tasted, tasted more like popsicle, popsicle stick. stick. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Yeah, like, honestly, orange creamsicles are Quality. so good regardless. I love them. Boy, have I have I got like, a perfume for you? I've, I've I like had like mid tier creamsicles, and I've had really good ones. The really good ones are obviously better, but even like the mid ones, How I've ne- I've never had one that's actually bad. That I've actually been like, I regret eating that orange creamsicle. Orange creamsicle is a combination that's really difficult to screw it up. It is. Like, so even if you have like the popsicle stick wood flavor Vanilla, in it. Vanilla, like, sugar, oh, yes. and dairy. And orange. Barrel-aged creamsicle. The dairy is important. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best school lunch you ever had? Like, as in lunch uh. provided by the school? Yes, lunch provided by the school, even if you had like pay for it or whatever it might have been. But the idea is you didn't pack it. Poutine. Your parents didn't pack it. Poutine. 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 In in like grade school, in grade school back in Ontario, we very rarely, very rarely had anything of of a meal provided by the school. And almost always it kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I was in college that I actually had a uh, a school lunch, if you will, worth talking about. And that was at Saint Clair mm-hmm. College. There was a the the sports bar, if you will. That's that's what it was in the college called Griff's, and they had a little window out to the main halls where you could get like quick lunch things. And so they had this five dollar meal deal, which was a big ass slice of super fresh, awesome pizza. 
and you would get like a big ass bottle of like Coke or whatever the hell with it. And uh, mm. so I would always get that. I would always get that pizza. It was so fluffy. It was hot. It was steaming. The cheese was good. The pepperoni was great. They, they only had like pepperoni and one vegetarian option. Both of them were pretty good. But uh, then I would just take it over to like the sidebar, cover it in chili flakes, cover it in, in Tabasco sauce, and then head back up oh to God. the second floor to the Wi-Fi lab. Where, where everyone's oh uh, laptops would be. And uh, it was great. It was amazing. Mm. I had that more times than I can count. I, I probably had that like three times a week. You've just reminded me of my very first encounter with minestrone. And it turned out that it was my favorite ever soup ever. But like the first time I ever encountered it was in a school cafeteria. I had no idea what it was. I just saw it on the menu. It was one of three things that you could get that day. And it was the one that I couldn't identify that delightful smell with. So I figured that's probably the one. But I didn't know how to say the word. Minestrone is not an easy word to read if you're just... Yeah, mindstrone. So I went up... This is mindstrone, not yours. I went up strone. with my, my pocket change adding up to exactly like... $1.75 or whatever it was that they charged us for this big bowl of soup. Little Nancy. And like, you know, I very confidently said minestrone wrong. And she just smiled at me and said, yes, dear, one bowl of minestrone for you. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. That's it's graceful. So embarrassed. It was graceful. And then like this was like grade seven. But um, the next time they had minestrone, I knew how to say it right. And she was so proud of me the next time I went up to go and get Let's it. go. That's lunch good. lady MVP. <laughs> I don't know if it was the best lunch I've ever had from like school, but it, it was the most memorable because I was like, what is this? And then I also just liked it a lot which was um when i was in i don't want to i don't know it was maybe like grade five or something like that we it was winter time and they had uh like a sugar cabin oh caban de sucre yeah sure that thing uh where you know for people who don't know for some reason um it's like they have like fresh snow on like a tabletop or like a almost like a bench spread out and then they literally just pour like hot fresh maple syrup onto the oh, snow and then you take yeah. a stick and then you sort of roll it from one end to the other to make sort of like a uh, maple syrup lollipop yeah and i don't know like i mean certainly not a whole lunch but it was something very memorable and i haven't had that in years and i would love to do it again well, it's still cold outside just and we go, keep getting Jay, snow just go buy yourself some maple syrup at the store uh do you have a balcony at your current place I, no i, like I, I just uh, just go outside to the sidewalk <laughs> <laughs> dump it on the ground no. and roll up no you do not want with, road salt mixed the, in with your maple syrup it, sir it, it adds flavor no, but salt. Clearly, it would add maybe not road salt. A more complex no. flavor, sort of like but salted not, caramel. Not salt. No, why not? Well, road salt's got other stuff mixed in with it that's really not good for Minerals. you. Minerals, nutrition. There's a lot of things that I eat that aren't good for me. I had fried chicken last night. Oh I mean, my god! If you're god. gonna put it in that context, at least fried chicken's edible. Everything's to edible a, to once. To a degree, I guess. But if we're going to go down this route... No, not to a degree. Everything is edible once. Ugh. Magma is edible once. Oh, I don't think no. So. I don't think that's how it works. No. Lots of no. concentrated you know minerals what? and magma. Sometimes you just want to eat garbage, you know? 
Sometimes you're in the mood where it's just, yeah, I'm not gonna eat healthy this entire weekend, maybe this entire week, for one reason or another. Sometimes it's just the mindset that you find yourself in. For me specifically, uh, Dio went on vacation. Uh, longtime listeners of the podcast will will sometimes learn that Dio and I live together, so I am. I am all alone with the dog for this coming week. <gasps> and so my plan... Well, I know what I'm doing this coming week. ...is I'm going to go to the grocery store, get some snacks, uh, run to the liquor store on the way home, get some booze, and I don't know how much of this weekend I'm going to remember... Uh-huh. No, I'm not I'm not going to drink that much. Uh-huh. I'm just going to ride a nice buzz for the weekend and no one can stop me. But uh, I had a really weird segue for la- for when we were talking about orange creamsicles and you not minding the uh the taste of popsicle sticks. Yeah. And I was going to say I have perhaps been sampling many types of perfumes and colognes lately. I have been experimenting. And I have found one particular note that literally smells like you're standing in the middle of a lumberyard. And I feel like that's something I should, that's that one, that vial is one I will give you. Oh, is it like just, cedar Just or to add wood? some aromatherapy to your experience this weekend. Hell yeah. So like, basically, when you're in that mood where you just want to eat garbage, where you just want to vibe, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that is what is known as gremlin mode. Have, have you guys ever heard that, that description for it, gremlin mode? Okay, I feel like gremlin is a term I have heard used a lot lately, but not specifically for this. Specifically, it's like when you feel like you're just in 100% scrub mode, I do not care about my appearance, what I'm eating, how I look, how I smell. Exactly. That's like 99% of my day, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't I don't know about this gremlin mode idea so much as I exist in gremlin hours. Gremlin hours not is gremlin definitely hours. a big part of gremlin mode. Goblin hours. Goblin so gremlin hours. mode goblin is hours. a very flexible thing. You can turn it on whenever you want. Yeah. Like goblin hours is when like you are specifically trying to it's be like productive 3 at 3 a.m. When, when huh. that is your time to do things. Whereas it's your time to shine, like gremlin mode, or yeah, even but there's still mode. some like there's still some like <laughs> energy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. On the unhealthy food, I've been nostalgically reminiscing about sort of a food, a breakfast food that I used to have, not regularly, but like probably once a month or once every couple of months as a kid. And when I say as a kid, I mean like as a child. I don't know if Nancy's ever had this. It's, I think, sort of a Hong Kong cuisine. Oh, hit me with it. Basically, I think it's like a chicken broth or some kind of clear broth. Could be veggie broth, but it's definitely not beef. And then usually they'll have like some stewed onions in there. Oh. Nothing crazy. And then they'll have some like macaroni noodles in there. Oh. And then they'll either have ham or thinly sliced spam cubed. in it. Cubed spam. Or cubed, yeah. Like so little, you know, little cubes, little cubes. And it's very like nourishing. It's just like salty. Yeah. It's hot. It's, it's nourishing. It's oh. there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And I can't describe it. To anyone who's like, that sounds terrible. I'm like, no, no why would that no, sound try it? No, 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 no. It's, sa- no. it's great. You're describing it. You're describing it a little differently. So the way I'm t- I typically describe it is it's like if you had, okay, so. Uh, noodle soup. Yeah. Except instead of noodles, like it's like soft macaroni. Yeah, like it's overcooked macaroni. 
it's very soft macaroni. Yeah. And then like you don't you don't do the thing like when in Italian cuisine where you cook to al dente and then you do like sauce cooking. No, this is like boiled 100% all the way there macaroni. And then um, my mom switched from sw- uh, spam to I think it was just like regular like black forest ham. She cubes that up. Oh. And she also adds in like diced uh Chinese greens, uh, whichever nice. whatever ones we have on hand, so it like it really does resemble a soup noodle, but not noodles. It's macaroni, and it's just exceptionally nourishing. It's it's warming. It warms you up from the inside. It's just yes. a really nice day to start off. Because there's like spam in the original recipe. Uh huh. You basically don't even need to add seasoning. No, because you it don't. has spam. All your salt is there. All your salt is there. You add some chicken broth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you put a little bit of chopped onion in there mm-hmm. just to give it a little bit of vegetal texture. And then maybe some black pepper if you're feeling <laughs> like fancy. Real fancy. Yeah. And also, if anyone wants to down uh, talk down on spam, you eat if you eat hot dogs, don't even talk to me about it. So don't even approach me. I. But you can slice hot dogs like into little coins, and you can. Oh, put I know. In that oh, as true. Well. You could use that instead. I'm just saying for people who don't like the idea of spam, I'm like, if you've had hot dogs or like a pate of some kind, don't come at yeah. me. Yeah. Don't yeah, even. that seems like an odd hang-up, an odd... Yeah. So when I was when I was a teenager, I absolutely was hung up about spam like that. I was like, ugh, spam? That's just, ugh. Why would you want spam? Ah, and then it, it occurred to me once I was an adult, I was like, wait a minute. I've never even had spam why would why have do i have this aversion to it mm-hmm. like it's it's just like that 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 cultural hallmark if you will of spam equals bad like spam being associated with that unwanted thing like spam email and things like that it is gristle and the cheap meats but it is spiced like seasoned in a nice way and when you fry it up you don't even need to add oil to your frying pan you do you can literally start the pan cold put in some slices put it on low to medium heat and just let it start crisping it up. And mm-hmm. so, oh, it's so good. And then you make some rice. You put the spam on the rice. You fry up an egg in the leftover grease. Hell yeah, that sounds amazing. You put it on. You let the yolk run. You add a little bit of soy sauce just for some extra umami boost. It's a nice, it's simple. Both of the things I've described are like four ingredient foods. They are nice. So I actually had spam for the first time okay. a few weeks Ooh. ago. So okay. uh, I Tell went to a I went to a Korean restaurant with uh, Alfred, and I went there with a uh, legendary cosplayer Ozzy J Lee. Oh hey! And Dio Dio came with us as well, and we had the Korean army soup, which which includes uh, the spam. And I gotta say, it was, it was oh. really good. I have to say, I'm actually surprised that a restaurant would serve army soup. It's not because it's bad, but because I, as I understand it, it has connotations because it's called army soup for a reason. Connotations of not just it being sort of like a cheap food to make, but because it sort of came from hard times. Yes. So it's actually not common to see it on a Korean uh, menu, menu mm-hmm. at, a, at, a, at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't personally think there's anything bad with it, but I can understand that there's a cultural sensitivity to serving it as like a recognized part of Korean cuisine. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So as far as I'm concerned, like it, it tasted fantastic. It was absolutely great. And when you look at the 
ingredients list. It is literally the traditional army soup was uh, yeah. whatever the Koreans could scrounge together, often based off of U.S. Army rations. So spam was a big part of it. You had American sliced Kim- cheese Kimchi there. and spam and noodles and some sort of specifically broth. specifically dried like ramen yes. noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like we're not talking fancy noodles. We're talking whatever packets you got and it had the and you used the 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 sauce packet from the actual ramen noodles. I think there was mm-hmm. some uh, some mushrooms and some bok choy in there and that was probably the fanciest ingredient in the whole soup. Probably. But oh. Mm. But there's nothing great. wrong with that. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like the chef even came out and said, this is super awesome. The longer you let the soup boil, because like they, they brought, bring it out in one big pot with uh, a burner on your on your table. And they're like, the mm-hmm. longer you let it go, the more amazing it's going to be. The best bites of this soup are going to be your last bites. Mm. And yeah. he, it was true. It was great. Did yeah. they put egg on it? Sometimes they put egg on it. Uh, I can't remember. It's all good. I'm sure it was delicious anyways. It was amazing. It was great. I haven't had mm. Korean soups and stews in a little while. Yeah, but uh, that was my first time ever having Spam. And uh, I got to say, it definitely added to the to the soup. It definitely added to the meal. Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. If you miss Japan or want to go but haven't had the chance yet, Come to Oomomo to get a feel of Japan. Oomomo is a nationwide Japanese lifestyle store carrying over 25,000 different products at affordable prices. You can find Japanese snacks, stationery, beauty and cosmetics, ceramics, cookware, electronics, toys, which are all imported from Japan. We're happy to have a booth in Odafest this year and we'll offer a free Oh, Momo tote bag when you spend $20 or more at our booth. Please check out our unique and fun products at oomomostore.com or at our Calgary location in Pacific Place Mall. We hope to see you there. You know what else is really good, though? What? Mini eggs. I could eat. Oh, I cannot wait. I, could I cannot eat wait for when those are on discount so in like a few days. many mini eggs in fact by the time you are hearing this dear listener all of the discount mini eggs are probably sold out that's a lie mini eggs never go on discount that's <laughs> sad i've observed this they? before every every single easter candy will go on discount except for the mini eggs so i have two things about let's say holiday candy one is that uh, sometimes, especially for things like Valentine's Day, where things are packaged in a fest, uh, like a festival-appropriate packaging, such as like a heart or something other shape, but you don't necessarily, you know, reconcile that with other holidays. That's the time. My advice here: that's the time to get fancier chocolate or fancier treats, because I can get. Treat yourself. I can get like Ferrero Rocher in a heart-shaped box. And I think in a heart-shaped box, there's about eight to 10 pieces for like half price. Not because the product inside is bad, but because the packaging has betrayed them and they can't use it for Easter or some other generic it's thing. It's true. But at the same and time, it's great. I find that uh, specifically Valentine's Day packaging 
is really deceptive. Like those heart-shaped boxes, they're almost always a very small box with just a it's, big heart-shaped so cardboard. Like for for different products, yeah, there's a lot of empty there's space. So much more chocolate in it than there really is, and that's just oh, disappointing. Yeah. It's sadness. Like you get you get the heart-shaped the box. It's like getting a giant box from Amazon and seeing only your tiny thing inside it. It's just it's it, it's there for the kitschiness, <laughs> the the. The, the, the silliness of having the, the heart-shaped the box. You give that away. You give the novelty, and it's like, okay, I don't care. I don't care about the actual chocolates because I just gave the chocolates away. I care that it's mm-hmm. shaped in, 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 a, in the shape of a heart, and I gave it to the person on the Valentine's Day, and that's the important part. You, you are paying for the box, and once the discount comes into it, you are no longer paying for the box because the box is worthless after that day. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what's going on there. Yep. I uh, I would also say that for things like Easter chocolate, which is n- unlike Valentine's, which is sort of known because it's like a romantic inclination that the the meal and the desserts and the treats of Valentine's are a little bit more decadent. Easter chocolate is some of the cheapest chocolate <laughs> that you will get. Oh, oh absolutely. I know. Do you? Did either of you ever have? the the not the mini eggs but like they were little chocolate eggs but they're wrapped in colorful foil yes those are and, total crap and oh yeah, I, I absolutely love those they taste they're awful literally garbage tier chocolate they're, they're garbage they smell chocolate. like chocolate they smell but they like also cocoa. cost but like you... three cents per thing and, and you get a bag yeah. of like 50 of them for like two dollars those things literally coat my <laughs> mouth in wax it's just eh. they're not good now, but no. they Here's are the sort of nostalgic. some of them are worse than others, and you have no idea True. until you actually open it up. Yeah. It's like Absolutely. Schrodinger's chocolate egg. Is it palatable or is yeah. it actual trash? I will say <laughs> uh, when we we're talking about mini eggs, I don't really know Cadbury to be like an amazing chocolate company, but I'm sure like their mini eggs are decent. I found that with some store brand of their mini of mini eggs, which do exist, um, hmm. they're they're fine. They're hmm. they're they're like they have the you know hard shell coating. Um, the chocolate inside is of comparable quality because, again. Easter chocolate is low tier chocolate. Another like example of that is that when you get as a kid, for the most part, I don't think adults get them very often. When you get those chocolate bunnies for the Easter, hollow ones, and they're mostly <gasps> hollow because um. they're willing to cheap up because it's just not something they care to market. They're just like. Let's put out some chocolate. Uh, what did we have from three years ago that's left in one of the st- warehouses? Uh, put it out. It's fine. <laughs> so I used to I used to feel like really cheaped out by the by the hollow bunnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I can't remember when it started, but their act they actually started uh, advertising uh, Easter bunnies that were meant to be solid. Like they mm. were, they were having that as the selling point, and I tasted one of those, and it was actually the waxy garbage chocolate that I legitimately could not stand. It is mm. literally, it's like, yeah, you made it solid, but it's solid trash. It's yeah. solid garbage. Why do I even yeah. want this? And so there are some 
some Easter bunnies that are made of fancier chocolate. They are the hollow kind, unfortunately. But quite mm. frankly, because they're hollow, they're easier to bite into. Uh, they have a reasonable price point. They taste decent. They're, they're still cheap chocolate. I'm talking about they're the higher end of cheap chocolate. Well, it's that, it's that one brand called Allen or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like Mildly. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll throw it up in the Discord once I find the logo. And once you see it, you'll be like, my brain. <laughs> Oh, no. You'll have a brain blast back nostalgia. Great. Here it is. Great. I found it. It's posted. Yes. Once you see the logo, you're like, that's it. You know it. You know it intimately. Yes. No, uh, I hate that brand. No. They are specifically the ones that made the Mr. Solid uh, oh, Easter yes. Bunny that oh. I could not stand. Mm. Yeah. Oh, also, imagine God. calling an Easter Bunny, a chocolate Easter Bunny, Mr. Solid. I'm sorry, I'm but there's an innuendo reflux. there. And that's, yeah, I'm getting weird... acid reflux from seeing this packaging. It's there, there was a there was another better, I think, brand of Easter chocolate, uh, or at least uh, not brand's not the right word. It's like the Mister Solid, but I think it was like Peter Cottontail had like a chocolate thing, but I think it was also a hollow one. But I think the chocolate was slightly better. I don't really remember. Can I throw? us into a little bit of a spiral here because this is do a it. topic we don't talk about normally. Do it. So Easter, right? Yes. Easter, for those who may be either religiously inclined or at least have some knowledge of Easter uh, and it's, you know, cult, uh, religious significance, celebrates the rebirth of Christ, right? Jesus Christ. Which is like, you know, it's a thing, clearly. Mm-hmm. Clearly. But something I don't understand is, and we don't want to get into the rabbit hole of talking about Christmas's origins and its historical accuracy, mm-hmm. but we can all sort of agree when Jesus was born. But why does Jesus' death move around? You know, when your boy's resurrecting from the grave, is the date really important? He could do that at any point in time. It's weird, though. <laughs> I know. It's the twi- no, December twenty fifth is when he like hard b- was born, but we can't do a hard death. Well, to strange. be fair, and let's throw a wrench into that. Uh, December twenty fifth is not actually the day of Christ's birth either. I said that earlier. You know, and it's just like, well, you know, you can only you I can just only want some consistency. Blame <laughs> so much of it on historical, because like there's also the whole like you know when when religion attempts to overtake other prevalent uh, belief systems, what they do sure. is they create compromise holidays. And that was how that one happened. And it's compromise just... day. That's why yeah. we, that's why we celebrate Jesus becoming a lich uh, with <laughs> a bunny made out of chocolate. Clearly they're the same thing. Lich takes terrifying yeah. forms. Well, let's be real. A lot of people say that Jesus was a zombie but he wasn't a zombie. He kept his uh, sense of reason. He kept his magic powers. He became a lich. Let's let's be real. Jesus comes back on Easter Monday, right? Yes, something like that. Is that the is that the thing? Like that's the third day, and he resurrects on the third day. But the day that he died, they call it Good Friday. That's messed up. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yes. I. Yo, mean... When's the day that yo? When he comes back, he's like, when's the day that? 
what did you guys call it? I mean, you called Christmas the day, you know, when I was born. That's kind of nice. What'd you call it when I died? Oh. And the Pope is just oh. like, that was a good uh, Friday. Hell yeah. It was a good Friday. <laughs> well, I'm no nice theologian. Friday. I'm no theologian, but I'm sure if someone had actually studied the history of all these things, they could give us some good answers. And I'd oh, be really I'm interested sure. to hear that. We are three merely unintelligent. <laughs> We are, we are the uneducated masses. podcast hosts. <laughs> we are the unlearned masses. We are the masses who do not go to mass. Yeah. This is also true. It's true. It's been a long time since I've been in a church. It's been a long time since I did a, an Easter egg hunt. I think the last time we did that was literally in elementary school. I didn't know if they still did those. I assume, like, I still assume, like, Halloween, that, that tradition's I mean, dying the off, egg too. Hunt thing is more for... We hid, we hid some treats. Please find them. You know what though? When it's hmm. when it is this snowy out, when everything is blanketed with with fluffy white snow, uh, do you really want to color the eggs? I feel like it would really make the egg hunt harder if you just left them alone. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> you, it but you're dumb and you time. no, Angelo. But you're dumb and you hide brown eggs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm so smart. Aww. I won't even paint them. <laughs> but you bought brown eggs. <laughs> Do people paint brown eggs? Or is it white the only template? I mean, you we... can paint brown eggs, but why would I've you? I've seen people engrave mm. brown eggs, which is a very dicey practice already. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's pretty crazy. It's cool what you can do. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Back in the day when we used to actually, well, like Angelo and I actually, I guess, when we used to actually go into the office for work daily and then come home back when that was normal, uh, coming home was like an instant drop everything on the floor, go upstairs, change into comfy clothes, wash face, you know, take contacts out, whatever. And it was just like, yep, gremlin, rest of the evening. Don't talk to me. Exactly. I had to deal with people in the office today. So gremlin hours was like every evening after work unless i was going out somewhere i actually i'm then i'm interested because i'm hmm. going from i'm for the last four years i've been working 12 hour shifts right and right. i'm going back uh to eight hour shifts to normal working human hours Ooh! and i'm just congratulations on your graduation i'm just wondering what the hell i'm going to do with all the extra time in my day the reality is that i'll have enough time to like cook a nice dinner uh there will be days that i can actually stream after work Woo! and uh wild the one downside is that i get one less day off per week i have to i'll have to work five days a week instead of uh four days a week i mean if your new position lets you you could do four days of 10 hours and then you'll still have a three-day weekend unfortunately not it's it's Aww. it's the kind of job where the the majority of the job is just being there in case something happens. Mm. So it's, for the most part, you are there, even if you're not doing anything there, during the prescribed hours. It's like being on call. It's like being on call, but on site. Yeah. Disgusting. My office is doing a big re- uh, reopening thing coming up soon, so... Oh, they're no. setting up like they're setting up uh, a bunch of uh, events where people can actually get in touch with other humans at the office. Like apparently, 
about 50% of the company has never actually worked in office by this point. Oh, wow. Which is kind of insane. Was there that much turnover during... uh... During pandemic, yeah. The the great resignation most certainly happened. Oh, my God. And... uh, I I came into the company rather than, you know, leaving the company. So a lot of a lot of people are in the same boat as me where it's like you've never actually worked in a group setting in the office on a quote unquote normal workday. So, I mean, obviously this isn't going to uh override anyone's personal preference or need to avoid the office for health reasons, personal reasons, whatever you may have. But like, it's interesting now that they have published this metric that 50% of my coworkers have never been in the office ever. It's insane to me. Kind of cool. It sounds like they're trying to kick you guys and being like, hey, nerds, learn how to socialize. Come to the office. Make friends face to face. It's not so much that. The main concern that the CEO talked about was that she was concerned that people are starting to lose their sense of empathy with each other. Oh, that's fair. And it was like, yeah, I could see how that might happen if you're like, like, I can see how that would happen if you're new to a company, you're not exposed to, you know, the company at large. Um... And you're not an introvert. As an introvert or someone who leans a little bit more, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere, but I probably lean a little bit more to the introvert side. It doesn't really bother me. I've been able to like create some very good and strong uh, relationships with my immediate cohort of coworkers that I do work with on a day-to-day basis. But I could totally see how this would affect some of the larger umbrellas because I'm actually off in a in a slightly smaller umbrella of the company. The larger umbrellas of the company are probably struggling with this and this is not something that I would have known if the CEO hadn't called attention to it. Oh damn. That's, mm-hmm. that's crazy fair. So yeah, very interesting sh- like shift, I guess, as everyone attempts to reopen again pending good weather, allowing for more outdoor activities where people can socialize more safely, but it's it's gonna be an interesting week, I think. That will be. That really will be. Ah. Also, it'll be leading right up to Calgary Expo, so I'll get to practice talking to a lot of new faces and people that I've never met before about what I do in my spare time. Ah. So so this company thing is like a dress rehearsal for your panels at, at uh, Calgary Expo. <laughs> basically, basically yes. Uh, I I'd also had the same panel at Comic Expo last year, but I was significantly less rusty last year. Man, I, <laughs> I know. Out, right? out of curiosity, how does it how does it feel talking to normies about being a, uh, a voice normies? Actor? I feel uh, like that's the kind of thing that that uh, normies, as it is, would actually be kind of like interested in. Well, you know, it's interesting because I don't think when you tell someone who's like very removed from either the comic expo scene or like the anime convention scene if you're very removed from all that when you tell someone you're a voice actor they just go oh you work on cartoons and it's like yes as one of like 15 other things that i do with my voice and they're like oh and and like it isn't until you start listing off like pretty much anything that has a human voice behind it or accompanying it that they're like oh oh 
Yeah, that is actually a pretty big field. Never thought about it. Hey, do you want to work on a project with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that last part for is exposure. Super real. For exposure, no, not always for exposure. Um, sometimes uh, it's not super often that this happens, but sometimes they they start asking, you know, sort of the the touchier questions like, "How much do you charge per hour?" And and if that discussion actually goes somewhere very interesting and relevant to them, sometimes it might go to. So I'm a writer and I need someone for an audiobook or I'm a writer and I need some uh, marketing materials for something that I, I work as a writer on because like pretty much everything has oh. writers on it. Films, video games, they all have writers. Uh, so, you know, that that sort of is is one of the many ways that can sometimes go. But yes, sometimes I get like very glassy stares and that's fine. I don't always understand the intricacies of like the medical field, for example. That's, Question. That's fair. Mm-hmm. What is the highest rate you've ever heard of in the voice actor industry? The highest rate? Yes. Uh, that is really difficult to answer because when voice actors charge, and this is actually something that I, I do talk about in the panel, so this is kind of a sneak peek. Uh, when, when voice actors who manage their own uh, accounts and finances are negotiating rates. They are not only negotiating for how much they will be charging per recording time, but also for editing time, if applicable, uh, studio rental rates, if applicable, uh, if you don't have like a home studio of your own and you still have to, you know, actually rent studio time, for example. Um, The cost of tools, if any, uh, and that also can apply to things like sound effects, folly, uh, music, like all of those things. If we are mixing all of that into whatever you're asking from us, we still have to go and license those. Uh, so that falls under tools. And then there's mm-hmm. also rights. Usage rights is a very complicated issue, but I can boil it down to how long do you plan to use my voice for and on what platforms? Depending on a variety of variables, that can be a much, much more expensive package and one that has to be renewed every year, or it can be like a blanket, you know, you pay me this fee and you can use this particular clip, you know, indefinitely. And it really does depend on what you're doing with it, where it's being heard, um, how often it's rolling. If it's like a radio ad, there's very specific rates for that. So it's a very large topic. Um, For example... I can't say a number for that. If someone wanted to use your voice for, like, alerts on their Twitch stream, for example, it wouldn't cost very much versus, let's say, uh, someone wanted to use your voice as the main character in a gotcha game that's already raking in a billion dollars a year. Exactly. Yeah. It would be, like, those things are on very, very different magnitudes. Like, if, and I have done sound effects for streamers, uh, some of them are not PG-13. <laughs> some of them are. <laughs> but, you know, there's they're, they're very happy. It's, it's very much like commissioning someone for emotes for your Twitch stream. Uh, you pay someone for work, and then they either agree or they don't agree for you to use that for however long, if there is, like, a, a limitation on the time that they would want it. I have never come into contact with an artist who's like, well, I only really want you to use um, this avatar, for example, for like a year, and then maybe we can revisit it. Uh, Exclusivity rights. Exclusivity rights is a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's also 
the the ask of if it is a commercial project very often you can't use the same thing over and over anyway so those ones have shorter negotiation periods like three months six months and then when it's time to revisit we also throw in a bunch of things like oh let's touch up your campaigns let me touch up a couple of lines for this new thing that you're doing do we have needs for any other new things do we need to retire some like there's sort of an ongoing relationship there of content so anyway it's a very complicated topic but i'm really glad you asked because this is probably something that people will want to know that actually is a lot more complicated than even i thought yeah that's a deep mm -hmm. a deep field for the business odafest pays over half its budget to nancy just to be on this podcast <laughs> so we should probably end it before she costs us any more i know i am i am the big money but she's worth it, damn it. <laughs> Thank you, Umomo, for sponsoring this episode so we can afford to have Nancy here. True. It's much appreciated. Well, we'll see you at Calgary Expo. We will. Come say hi. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See you there.